Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh no, is it everywhere? No, sure, stay and sort that out. We can have dinner another time. Amazing. Whether it's cancelled plans... Ah, ah, get in the kitchen and calm down. ...or the need for a quick, convenient distraction. Introducing Goodfellas Mini Pizzas. Four mini pizzas made with respect that cook in 11 minutes. Goodfellas Minis. Embrace the unexpected. Now then, welcome to the Blood and Mode podcast, the podcast that takes the weekend's rugby and boils it in a bag and serves it with a Baptiste Serran jus. I am Lee Calvert, and joining me as usual over there is... Uh, Josh Gardner, just about. Just about, yeah, you've been uh, hot-footed from London like a jet set. Fucking hell. Wonderkin. Just, yeah, I've been all over the shop today. Well, I say all over the shop, I've been to London and back. That's pretty big. I work for the council, mate. That seems mega glamorous for me. Um, And joining us also tonight is the greatest thing to happen to rugby YouTube since someone uploaded that video of Lionel Boxies attempted to volley that clearance (laughs) off his scrum half. It's uh, the one and only Robbie Owen. You may know him as Squidge Rugby. Good evening, Robbie. Good evening. Hello. I'm still trying to live up to that. Um, (laughs) And the video of Toby Fledring into the post. The yes. two of them, uh, I, mean, yeah. I will never match either of them, but I can try yeah. very, very hard. Yeah. No, art, that's just, art cannot that's get that la- good, yes. Yeah, the latter <laughs> is one of the greatest examples of slapstick comedy ever, ever, I, yeah. ever. I, I think it's, it's basically heating. It's incredible. I watch <laughs> it's it the way he falls over. over so slowly, isn't it? It's <laughs> like, how have you naturally done that? That has to be staged. It's like a perfect basically, Laurel and Hardy uh, episode. <laughs> he basically crumples. Yeah, his back bends slowly as well. Like you can see every point of articulation in his body bending. It's amazing. On reflection, it's probably some sort of horrible head injury that, <laughs> that we should all feel really bad about. But He's doing all right at the, the minute, though, isn't he? Yeah. Old Tobias. Anyway, welcome, Robbie. Um, Thank you. We start as we always start with some player-spotted action where we ask people to send in. Now, Robbie Masterton gets in touch. And let me let me just tell you for a start. If player spotted could be distilled to its purest essence, well, this spotted could probably be it. All right. I'm excited. Sign me up. It's very short, but it's like a pure sort of expression. 
Robbie says, Thomas Kubeli came into the bar I work in and asked if we served food. We don't, so I said no, and he left. Incredible. Incredible. It's like that is like tincture of player spotted. We... It's so it's so wonderful. <laughs> Yeah, that's a hundred percent proof player spotted. That, <laughs> yes, yes, that's uncut street value player spotted. That <laughs> yeah, so fantastic stuff, Robbie. Um, also, Tom Halley gets in touch with one that's potentially a non-canon offering, Uh-oh. as it's a referee spotted. Oh, I mean that sounds like a, fe- a feature in its own right. It does. I was <laughs> a in... really a really short-lived feature. Yes. <laughs> Tom says, I was at a freezing cold Twickenham station this morning waiting for a delayed train, standard, when I saw Wayne Barnes. Mm. He was wearing a suit, carrying a briefcase, and generally looked about as happy to be there as I was. (laughs) He said, moments uh, moments later, I saw him chatting to a lady who looked like she might be going rambling. That was the end (laughs) of the offering. Sure. Isn't Barnes like a lawyer or he's something? A barrister. Yeah. Yeah, he's a barrister. Uh, yeah. I don't know which branch of law he covers, though. Mm. All and, of uh, them. Imagine him on his feet in court. Imagine trying to get him to sit down. That's enough, Wayne. <laughs> Quite pleased. He probably shouldn't start calling the judge's mate, though. That's not going to be Yeah. Or coaching the judge. Whatever he does that, do you reckon? What I would do with your gavel there, judge, is uh, I'd bring it down on a... <laughs> I'll say when you bring it down, all right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly, yeah. <laughs> so there you go, that was a place. That Can was I just a... quickly throw one in? Yes. Uh, because about two weeks ago, my mum was stood on a cap- uh, like a taxi rank waiting for a taxi next to Paul Wallace and said he was lovely uh, and texted me straight afterwards saying, who's the Irish pundit with the squishy nose because I was just stood next to him waiting for a taxi. And you knew um, him straight off that description, obviously. I, <laughs> I gave her a few options because there's a few of them out there. Um, but it turns out it was Paul Wallace. Paul and Wallace they... tends to get like the shit Saturday evening like slots, doesn't he? If you tune yeah. in, there's a game on at half ten on a Saturday <coughs> night. Paul Wallace gets that one, doesn't he? With Tina yeah. Delport. Yeah, and Rupert Cox. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the lineup. And uh, that James Gemmell, is it? The one who doesn't get on any of the primetime presenting jobs. Bless him. <laughs> Yeah, so there you go. Thank you for your play spot. Yeah. If you've got a play spot, obviously you can send it in to us. Uh, Contact-wise, I'm available at Blood and Mud or Lee at bloodandmud.com. What about you, Josh? Uh, at Josh Gardner, at RugbyShirtWatch, RugbyShirtWatch.com, of course. What about you, Robbie? Tell everybody about you. Although, obviously, about 5 million people know about your YouTube now, but we'll take this opportunity to tell our listeners as well. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know how any of that happened. Um, yeah, at Squid Rugby on Twitter, uh, or Squid, you go if you'd rather see me moan about Brexit rather than talk about rugby. <laughs> Who doesn't want that? Um, uh, and the then, podcast yeah. is young. Let's. <laughs> um, I'm involved, so if it's more than an hour and I listen to it, so I know it will be, uh, <laughs> then chances are I will mention Brexit at least six times. Um, yeah, and then Squid Rugby on YouTube. Um, I post videos about rugby. You're getting like 50,000 hits a video now, aren't you? On some of yeah. Them. I don't know how that's happened. Well, because it's Could good, I, just... I imagine. But yeah, it's uh... <laughs> yeah. radical idea, isn't it? Yeah, it doesn't always still... work that way, though. Something that's no. really good so doesn't get fifty thousand hits an episode, does it, Josh? We've no, discovered no, that. Sometimes it really doesn't. <laughs> you know, there's no fucking rewards in this world for the righteous. I found, but yeah, go on. No. <laughs> I, as someone that listens again, I, I would say it's more important to be loved by a few than merely watched by. 
lots of people that tell you to speak slower. <laughs> people have long given up on trying to tell me how to speak, pronounce it, or anything else because I generally tell them to go genuinely don't care oh. as somebody keeps no. pointing out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so hey, congratulations on it, Robbie, because it is it's really remarkable stuff and it must take you a hell of a lot of time. And I know that you've got a Patreon yeah. page, haven't you? Or portrayal yeah. page, whatever, as we have. And actually, when you see the amount of time, well, my son does a bit of video editing when he could be bothered. <laughs> and the time it takes is staggering. So yeah. throwing you a few penneth to cover that effort seems fair enough to me. So, and is that, what's that? Patreon.com slash Squidge Rugby, is it? Yeah, Squidge Rugby again, so yeah. That. We're at patreon.com slash Blood and Mud if you want our extra stuff, like the rugby history stuff. We've got a Q&A podcast coming up this week, most of which yeah. is not anything to do with rugby. To do with, yes. Well, I'm, I'm really excited about that. Um, I've just been doing a bit of research while we've been talking. Uh, Wayne Barnes' law firm, mm-hmm. uh, Fulcrum Chambers, don't don't understand anything that they do. <laughs> you have to go into his page and then go into his like practice bit to so know mm. what he's done. That's what Chambers do. I bet it's horrendously well explained, like in true Wayne Barnes fashion. <laughs> yeah, I bet it is. Yeah. <laughs> if uh, what if he's oh yeah, here we go. Wayne Barnes, director in a suit, sort of weirdly smirking. Weirdly, Lee, on the page, he's uh, two rows away from what I can only describe as. Uh, like an alternate reality you if you really posh. What, in that they've got slightly... I'd had like a potato and a crap beard, but in a uh, pinstripe suit, basically. Absolutely no comment, but his name's Quentin, <laughs> his name's Quentin Newcomb, which is uh, a hell of a name. Um, I once dealt with a barrister in work, and I won't go into the reasons why, but his name was Mungo Wemban Smith. I mean, that's one of the great. And he was actually a things. genuinely lovely guy, but his name was Mungo Wemban Smith. He went to a comprehensive in a... Moss side. No, he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I said to him, I said, where are you from then, Mungo? He said, he said, oh, he travelled around quite a bit because my father was quite senior in the diplomatic corps. Like, of course he oh, fucking fuck, was. Yeah. My dad drove a forklift <laughs> truck at, truck at Brit- British Industrial Cables. <laughs> Do you think other referees could go into law and we could have, like, John Lacey could turn into a murder, uh, murder trial having researched divorce law? Maybe. Or, like, you know, Nigel Owens just does stand-up in the box yeah. instead of actually asking questions. He just object by going, no, seven. <laughs> what are you objecting to, John? Yeah. Uh, so his areas of practice are bribery and corruption, serious and complex fraud, money laundering, asset forfeiture, tracing and confiscation. And that's, you know so, what, Robbie, that's right. That's obviously, that's incredibly detailed forensic work, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> right in Barnes' no wheelhouse. Wonder, it's, no it? wonder, it's no wonder he got a little bit annoyed when uh, Dylan Hartley called him a fucking cheat. It's <laughs> <laughs> very true. Yeah, very true. Right uh, then. Now we finish that. Let's yes. Uh, let's that's decide really who, important this, diversion. That that's three of us now to decide who we're oh, going to sit say, next to. See what? Sorry, uh, Quinton Newcomb's specialist is white. Co- specialism is white collar crime, which is surely all of the crime that a fucking city law firm deals with. I'd have thought on. so. Anyway, yes, clubhouse. Clubhouse time. Are we going to do this with the three of us now? Fucking god knows. <laughs> Shall I? I'll put. I'll go to Josh. Just Josh talk. goes to Robbie. Robbie goes to me. Does that sound sensible? Okay, that makes sense. Right. Sounds weird. I'll start next. with you, Josh. All right. The two you've got choice to sit next to down the clubhouse tonight. Number one, Wes Monkey. Like it. <laughs> Good start. He plays hooker for Bradlington Hypochondriacicals. Yeah. He's a bald man, mm. but has what can only be described. But what hair he has left is greased back. 
oh, one into of them. a sort of mullet. Yeah. He's pathologically tight with money. One old boy turned up at the club on a visit after 15 years after emigrating to New Zealand and Wes reminded him he still owed him for the scampy fries from the last round he bought before he left. Wow. So that's Wes Monkey. Right. There's an interesting parallel with one of mine, but we'll get to that. Okay. Uh, the second one, you can say, so it's Alan the Red. Okay. Former winger at Bryn Cochrane RFC. Yeah. He's also a former miner who was made redundant in 1987. Identifies as a communist and has not had a job since then as, and he, quote, I've told him down the fucking dole office, I won't get out of bed for less than £15 an hour. And then any, and he finishes with, anyway, money means nothing, it's just a fucking means of exchange bet. However, yeah, however, his communist principles did not stop him from running a cast sideline in blue VHS videos and DVDs in the 80s and 90s. <laughs> He's technically been made redundant from that now, Given the interweb I mean, and all that, I was going to say life has made him redundant. Yeah, that, really, isn't and it? And he now offers himself as a political consultant on Facebook buy sell groups locally. Good. Good. So Are Alan the Red or Wes Monkey? Um, I mean, I'm quite intrigued by Alan the Red. To be honest, he seems like a a chap that I'd have a lot to talk about with. Yeah, yeah his taste in films, yeah. his history and work, everything. Of, indeed, all of that stuff. So uh, Alan the Red, is it? Yeah, yeah. Why not then? So, hmm. who am I doing? I don't Robbie, know. you're asking Robbie okay. whether he'd like okay. to say that. So, so uh, your first one uh, is simply known as the black hole. Uh, <laughs> never lend him a tenner. Mm. Never lend him some boots. Never let him borrow your car for the weekend. And whatever you do, do not let him take your significant other out because you will never, ever, ever see any of them again. <laughs> the Lovely is- left boot, Mark. I'm a millennial, so I don't have any of those things in the first place. (laughs) (laughs) So Uh, that's fine. Yeah, and your other uh, option is uh, Petulia Oblongata. Uh, She's 68. Uh, She's worked as club secretary of uh, Weybridge Pasty RFC for 37 years. Mm -hmm. Uh, Despite that, she's never actually watched a single game during that time because she, in her own words, has better things to do. Uh, (laughs) She collects brass etchings of uh, woodland creatures. Okay, I I think I'll sit next to her in the hope that yeah. if it goes well, she'll become the significant other. The black hole can then steal. Yeah, it's all Beautiful. it's all. It's all so I can then cool. like I can make friends around the whole clubhouse. Like yeah. kismet, is that what kismet <laughs> is? I don't know. Is that what kismet is? That uh, that to me was a incredibly low rent Indian restaurant in Cardiff <laughs> in two thousand eight. The worst Indian restaurant I think I ever went to was in Cardiff. I think it was the the Kohinoor. Which was, I think, opposite sort of Queen Street Station. It was desperate. You know, you can tell an Indian restaurant's bad. Yes. If you get tandoori chicken, and it's quite clearly paint on, <laughs> rather than marinated. Do you know what I mean? When you oh, cut yeah, into yeah. it, you can clearly see that it's paint on. <laughs> you can have that tip for free listeners. Kismet in the early two in the early to mid two thousands uh, used to do a deal where it was um, a starter and a main for four ninety nine with rice and naan. Which even in two thousand and four, that is cheap. That is too cheap. <laughs> <laughs> you don't care about quality at that point. You can't no. fall off uh, at that price, though, can you? <laughs> well, that's exactly. Where do you think I literally have been there about thirty times in my life? Right, I'm lonely here, having no one to sit next to. So, Robbie, okay. who am I? Who, what options have I got? Okay, your two choices. I've been so excited to do this. <laughs> <laughs> I've been waiting so long to have the chance. Um, <laughs> So, Joshua Hamilton Trousers. 
um, right. who is the third team fullback for Dangerous Micemen RFC, uh, who people tend not to believe. Dangerous Micemen is actually a town near Fife. Um, and before every, town, before every match, uh, Joshua specially selects six Yu-Gi-Oh cards from his deck uh, and shoves them all in his pocket and keeps them like... He's a fullback, so he's able to keep them in reasonably crisp condition because he isn't that involved. Um, and then he pulls them out at seemingly, utable, uh, seemingly useful intervals in the game in order to use, them, use the spell uh, in order to affect the outcome of the game. Uh, he realized this wasn't having an impact about two years ago, but continues to do it anyway because the rest of the third team are in their 40s and they're desperately trying to ca- recapture their glory days in the early noughties, so he's just doing what he was doing around the same time. I, I um, like it. I mean, I li- it's layered. I like it. Double, level, double you, barrel you name me. puts me off. Well, yeah. You lost, you lost me when you said Yu-Gi-Oh cards, and I didn't have a fucking clue what you're talking about. To be honest. So I, I instantly felt too old to be getting so James way Hamilton Travers. Yeah, it's, I usually feel too young to be listening to the podcast. So, <laughs> so in your face, Gardner. Yeah. So, who's me? Who's the other one? Your option is Warren Fury. Um, the, the actual Warren Fury, who won oh. two Wales caps on the Summer Tour of South Africa in 2008. Uh, Fury then promptly bounced between different premiership clubs between 2008 and 2012 until during a pre-season friend against Bath, he took a step backwards in order to prepare to take a box kick and accidentally fell into a crack in the space-time continuum, disappearing out of being forever. Uh, and whilst you can never touch him and he can never hear you, if you look closely and are willing to believe in the corner of any rugby club, absolutely any rugby club in the world, you can see Warren Fury sat alone trying to just clamber through the cracks into the world where he belongs. Is it like that film Interstellar when the fellas behind the bookcases? Is it like that, but it's Warren that, Fury? I, I realise now that is exactly what I've written. Yeah. <laughs> Sold. Yeah. You read Matthew I mean, McConaughey. Honestly, this scans because obviously famously Sean Edwards described Warren Fury uh, before, I think he was made his debut against Italy. Uh, he described him as one of the toughest kids I've ever coached physically and mentally. So, you know, you know can't he's got play that rugby, com- but other than you, that, you know he's got that. You know he's got that commitment and that iron will to get out of there. What could have been for Warren Fury if he wasn't? And now he's trapped in a space-time continuum, sort of walled garden. The poor bugger. I'll sit next to him. Right then. Last week we talked about rugby players who like to play Lego. Mm. Yeah, had a hell of a lot of resonance out there. I in tell the you what, sphere. that's one of the one of the most. Uh, powerful responses we've ever had. Do you remember I mentioned that the Millennium Ultimate Millennium Falcons were 650 quid? Well, yes. That's, what, not, Someone... that's not what it's worth. That's what they charge for it. Somebody <laughs> genuinely DM'd me with a picture of the fact that they've built it. So it's massive. He was next mm. to it, the guy. Massive. It comes in a massive with a massive ring binder instructions and different <laughs> phases of, of brick packs you have to open across like four phases as you're building it. <laughs> That's not a that's not a Lego project. That's a part time job. That's not a metal, That's not a Lego project. That's a mental breakdown, is what that is. <laughs> the, um, anyway, so it got me thinking because you know we talked about the John that Jack Noel also likes to do Lego. Yes, George so, North. Yeah, George, George North. North so I thought, Lego, yeah. well, here's some. What other rugby players have hobbies that are of interest? Right. Genuinely, mm-hmm. right. Sam Warburton plays drums. I think he does. That's fairly commonly known. Johnny May does colouring books. Yes. Of course he does. In between, um, while also trying absolutely. to solve out North Korea. Yeah, in yeah. between geopolitical strategy, obviously, <laughs> he does colour he does colouring books. He's been quiet on that recently. He is a weird one, And I can't work out this is true or not. Right. Dan Carter does cosplaying. What? Yeah. Well, <laughs> him and Ali Williams like to dress up apparently in superhero stuff, and Dan Carter's on record as saying that his wife said he has to throw out the costumes. 
Oh my god, you're right. It's on the it's on the world. The, the it's on the interweb. It might be a vicious rumor, but yeah, he liked to dress up in suit. I mean, wouldn't you think you're enough of a superhero already without yeah. if you were Dan Carter? When you're fucking you Dan up? Carter, I don't understand why Ali Williams would want to dress up as well. Let's be honest. Oh yeah, and that's the coke, isn't it? Yeah, no. <laughs> there is that as well. Yeah, let's <laughs> take loads of coke and dress up. <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah. yeah. And then finally, Andy Good likes to drive rather than a massive Ranger over shouting Ramonas out the window. Well, Probably. Yeah, I think I've seen him. I think yeah. I, I think <laughs> he drove past my house. Yeah, just sporadically. So yeah, it's I don't know if anybody else out there knows of, of rugby players who have interesting hobbies, but let us know at Blood and Mud. Listen, listen to this this direct quote from Dan Carter, right? <laughs> I refuse to believe it was true. I was going to use the quote, but I refuse to believe that it was true. <laughs> well, go on, read it out anyway. I've got a whole selection. Ali Williams is usually Superman, while I'm either Wolverine. Okay, a bit weird. Or okay. the Phantom. Honestly, that is a deep, deep, deep yeah. superhero dive. That's Defenders of the F- like that that Billy Zane film in the nineteen nineties. <laughs> I That's didn't def- think, like how is Dan Car- you know because it's like all this clips of Dan Carter. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. There we go. Dan Carter. <laughs> <laughs> And all that, you know. Honestly, they do not make them. <laughs> That's a great They don't fucking... make them like that anymore. It's genuinely <laughs> it's fucking superb. There's clips of, like, Dan Carter as a kid. Like, his dad bought him a pair of goalposts and put them in the garden, and he spent all his childhood practising kicking through them and all of this. Where did he have the time to watch Billy Zane films? Well, I Honestly, reckon this... Maybe not what that's what this, this is all about. This yeah, is what he happens. Never, he <laughs> yeah. never He's like those adults that wear nappies and go to get beaten up by prostitutes <laughs> and stuff, but he just decides to wear hey. superheroes instead. Hey, it's Probably totally else, normal yeah. behaviour. <laughs> <laughs> and don't tell my mum. Who instantly actually? Um, that, sorry, that when I was on a year ago, um, I should I want to apologise quickly because this is a complete tangent. But again, I listen to the podcast. So I know it's not a problem. Um, I I said something apparently rude about Josh Navidi, uh, and the next time I saw my mum, she said to me, "You were rude about Josh Navidi on that podcast. You should apologise." So what's I feel me? like I find it to, I don't know to Josh Navidi. I think to the world. Listens. So I feel like I should take this moment to apologise to Josh Navidi on behalf of my mum. So well, if you're out there, Josh Navidi, Robbie Owen, is via his mother, by the proxy of his mother, is very un, is very sorry. <laughs> right, let's move on and <clears throat> let's talk about some news. Not much news this week. Only the big news that Joe Schmidt is off at the Ooh, end of Rugby yeah. World Cup nineteen. I mean, not to another it, job apparently. He's no, he's to... going to spend more time with his family, which is <laughs> absolute bullshit. <laughs> So, Come on! I Don't... thought I thought that until I read about his son. Um, okay, he's massively oh, epileptic and apparently has sort of ten to twenty fits a day. Oh Jesus! That's you feel like awful. shit now, yeah. don't you, Josh? Oh yeah, I do. <laughs> but like, I don't doubt thinking... that he wants to go back to New Zealand. Mm. I still think he's going to be the next All Blacks coach because yeah. Warren Gatland's going back, going home to spend more time with his family as well. And they're both going to go and sit there and wait until Steve Hansen leaves, and then one of them's going to get it. And well, fucking more power to him. Cause, yeah. Oh, fair play. But anyway, well, if he does choose to not be involved in rugby again, what an impact he's had. I'm not going to go into it too much. I think we can all wax on that. Andy Farrell's got the head coach job from next year, and they've contracted up to 2023. Honestly, this is the bit of this whole thing where I think, okay... Andy Farrell is a phenomenally good coach. 
mm. and an incredible defence coach and an incredible motivator. Has he ever been a head coach anywhere? Mm. No. As far as I know. You've got to take I a step up somehow, though, haven't you? Somewhere. I mean, in, yeah, ter- in terms of a number not, two season, you yeah. can't get a better one, can you? Are you going to no, struggle? but he has literally zero number one CV. And it's like, you know, you can say, well, you know, Steve Hansen took over from Gray and Henry, but Steve Hansen had been head coach of Wales for three years or whatever. It's like, yeah. it's, it's weird to go from never having been the, the man anywhere to being put in charge of the best test team in the world. So what's hmm. the route that you were suggesting? You think they've got to be a manager of a club or a Well, I just like to have some semblance of experience of making all of the decisions. Because ultimately... Well, he had that on Stuart Lancaster, didn't he? (laughs) True. (laughs) Fair one. Um, You know, it might all go perfectly well, but I do think it's definitely, if I was an Ireland fan, I'd be going in the same way that if Wales turned around and gave Sean Edwards the job, Mm. I'd go... I'm sure about that. Well, at least he's been head coach at Wasps, hasn't he? Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. And Edmonds has more head coaching experience than that. I, I do think it's a different, you know, some people are, are, are great assistants and they don't always make great number ones. And it will be interesting to see how it goes under Farrell because so much of his motivational stuff seems to be very emotional and very sort of from that kind of quite simplistic school of, you know, not doing it down in any way because it's incredibly effective, but he's coming at it from quite a sort of an emotive point of view. And I wonder if that really translates to a, to being the man in charge. He's got to be the person that fucking drops them and, and puts their arm around them after the game. Yeah, yeah it's a weird one. I think he'd be all right with that because I think he's always been quite a natural leader. I think it is about Absolutely. can he handle yeah. the pressure, I suppose, of setting the entire game plan and having to do the interview. I've never seen him have to do interviews after every game and stuff like that. I suppose that's that's something that will be new and actually being the guys at the press conference all the time. Mm. And they, you know, I'm sure, well, nothing about his career has suggested anything's going to be a problem to him. If he said to me, I'm going to be a cardiothoracic surgeon from next week, I'd probably believe well, he could do that. That as well. is the thing. There's, you, you've got to measure all of that lack of experience and all of that sort of stuff up against the measure of the man. And he is an incredibly impressive human being in every, on every level, pretty much. So Yeah, but we've got John if, Mitchell, so, you know, fuck them. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, he's off. It got me thinking, I had a bit of a chat on Twitter today, and it's worthwhile just mentioning it again, is, you know, is. Andy Farrell, the player, with the most cross-code impact in terms of impacting both codes. Now, he didn't coach in league, but he had an incredible playing career in league. He played pretty well in, in league. And then his coaching career in Union has been pretty spectacular. But Sean Evans is probably in with a shout. Yeah. So he mentioned I mean, Di Watkins. He's definitely in with a shout going back in the day. Phil Larder. The difference is, the difference is of course, that, yeah, you know, Edwards is going back, whereas I don't doesn't seem like Farrell's ever likely to go back. No. Mm. I think if, if if Edwards goes back now and wins a grand final with Wigan or something, or yeah. it will, you know, all bets are off, given his playing career and everything. But didn't play rugby union at the level that Farrell did. Now, you can no. joke as much as you want about Farrell's union career. He did play for England. Yeah. yeah. And and was was perfectly adequate for a certain period of time. He was perfectly adequate against Scotland that time. Yeah, um, like Danny Cipriati, he was perfectly adequate against Scotland that time as well. That seems to be enough. But um, the a lot of people are suggesting people like Jonathan Davis and and Brad mm. Thorne and stuff. But 
as players, yeah, I think if you discuss the player with the biggest impact across both codes, it becomes a much more difficult discussion, I think, mm. because you get into Robinson and Dally Messenger if you go back 100 years and stuff like that. But anyway, it was a very useful and very interesting conversation today on Twitter. So thanks for everybody who got involved. Mm. Anything else on Smith, Farrell, News, Die Watkins, or anything else? No. 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 Shall we, you know, we're, on, we're about half an hour in. Shall we talk about the weekend? <laughs> oh, one thing I would say: Can we get uh, Stuart Lancaster in the island setup now? Then mm. apparently he doesn't want to coach that's... Test rugby. Okay, and blame him. <laughs> yeah. I just think it'd be fucking funny. <laughs> it would be, especially if you had Ireland knock England out of a World Cup. Yes, the the flipped dream right, team. Laugh it of up, fat... you Welsh bastards. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, weekend then. Mm. Yes, the weekend. Where do we want to start? Right, we're going to go to the games for the weekend. Then we'll also decide whether the teams have had a shit autumn or a good autumn. Yes. Mm. All right. So, where do we want to start? Should we uh, go full Inverdale and talk about England? Why not? Why not? Um, Still can't put together 80 minutes. Mm. No. But Australia... Oh. Oh... Shit. They are an inexplicable shambles. Well, they're much worse than the sum of their parts, which is <laughs> re- like you look at that squad and you know, Falau, Hooper, Genia, Tamua, Kapu, Karevi, CEO, they, they're not bad players, but they're playing like a bunch of fucking wasters. And it just you take Pocock out of that fucking equation in the forwards and Beal out of it in the backs, who are the only two players capable of. A- adding any kind of composure or leadership or direction to that team, apparently. And they're at sea. It's a fucking shambles. It's not helped by the can-you-play-10-this-week carousel of confusion, is it? Yeah. Next well, week, it's Scott Seo, I think, who gets a go at 10. <laughs> well, that's the other thing, isn't it? Checkers got go. Like, if Rugby Australia's got any sense at all, they'll fuck Checker off immediately and say, we've got a year to sort this mess out. Because... For all of the excellence that Checker brought to Australia in 2015, they don't know what they're doing at the moment. Like, it's so mud. The thinking is so muddled. Like, when... you look at. Go on, Robbie. No, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Um, no, 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 when so the the expert in coming in and sorting things out in a year is Michael Checker. It's sort of a where do you go from here? Who do they who do they hire to replace him? They've sort of got no options. There's no standout in Australia. There's no one in Super Rugby standing out for them. And that's the thing. That's why they're going to keep him because there's yeah. no outstanding candidate. But you look at the, even his team is muddled. Like they've mm. got Stephen Larkham as a as the attack coach, and they're trying to he's trying to make them play in the way that the Waratahs used to, which is very complicated. Very they don't have the skills for it. They don't mm. have the like. And but you look at the core of that team, uh, particularly in the back division. You look at who fucking Michael Check used to be coach of. It's like they're all Waratahs. The Waratahs are actually... They won a fucking Super Rugby with Checker playing like the Waratahs. Mm. And they current, and in, in Super Rugby again, the Waratahs are playing like the Waratahs again. It's really entertaining. And, and it, surely a sensible person just goes, maybe we should play like the way all of our backs have success playing. <laughs> and even Bernard Foley looks good playing for them. <laughs> At 10. What fresh <laughs> magic is this? Yeah, well, yeah and... And instead, they're trying to do all this fucking needlessly complex shit when you've got fucking Israel Falau there. Just let him hit seven of those angles that he can hit in a game and you'll probably get three tries out of it. Mm. 
And like the way they're trying to play is, as you say, complicated, but they keep changing their midfield. Yeah. So there's no consistency. They can't get used to playing that way together. No. Because, and like two weeks ago, they were playing Timur and Foley the other way around and then they mm. swap for no real reason. <laughs> it's just in order to keep up the idea. We've only got these players. We, we can only have three players to pick from here, but we need to change the team again. That's like the only justification yeah. for picking Foley at 12 when, you know, Tamir had played 12 a few weeks earlier. Well, there's a lot, you know, there's been a lot of call in Australia, you know, quite, you know it's quite a sort of throwback, really. But they're saying that, you know, he basically need, you know, if they are going, if they insist on keeping him, then he needs all new assistants because mm. none of them are doing a good enough job. And uh, Rugby Australia needs to bring in a selector or a panel, a selection panel, because he But assistants don't set be... the, the, the strategy of play, do they? Yeah, there's, there's, like there's no point sacking your assistance, uh, well, unless they can't implement the plan that you're trying to develop. Yeah, but why well, did you appoint like... them in the first place then? Well, to me, it seems like the, the solutions being proffered for sorting this out if you don't get rid of Michael Checker is to change everyone but Michael Checker, reduce, <laughs> reduces influence. It's a cabinet reshuffle. It massively is, you know. We need a new Brexit <laughs> secretary. That's why it's going wrong. <laughs> I'd actually put Michael Checker in as new Brexit secretary because I think that would go incredibly well. Just be screaming at people from a glass box somewhere, which is effectively what we're doing anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, there is. <laughs> I'm very glad you had that on point. Just please, I have to go and bring it up. <laughs> I'd be angry anyway. Yeah. Um, England, on the other hand. Mm. All the ingredients of a very good team. Yeah, now, I mean, I the, the first half was a perfect vignette of where England are at, really. Mm. About 20 minutes of looking, wow, this is fantastic. And then 20 minutes of going, what, what the fuck have you done now? <laughs> Which is, and, to, and maybe that's that can sound negative, but actually that's probably better than it was earlier this year and certainly mm. in the summer. Yeah, um, and there's a platform there and there's a pat and there's a, a, a pos, you know, a high watermark for them to go well we can do that when it all works well so let's try and do that a bit more and if, and, you know, and if big joe and manu and tio are all fit we can just fucking smash people into powder <laughs> that's what we'll do i mean if i was the england fan that is kind of what i would be a little alarmed by because it will not surprise me if eddie jones goes into the world cup basically saying i'm going to bring all of the big lads and fuck subtlety Fuck, and you know, he keeps talking about a uniquely English style of play. Yeah. We know exactly what you mean by that, Eddie. It means big lads doing uns- uncomplicated things, but being bigger than everyone else. And, and actually, in the first that, 20 that minutes, will, that worked. It will work to a point, but I think the so point can, is it will work to a the, point. But it's the intensity. They can't seem yeah. to maintain the intensity. That's what worries me. Because if you look at Ireland against New and I know it's against New Zealand, so you've got to lift, you, get, you know, you're punching mm. up whatever Ireland might say, they were punching up. So mm. there's something about being able to maintain that lift of your game against that opposition. And, mm. you know, maybe England could do that. But that's not the only game where they, basically every game this year, they've played for about 20, 25 minutes. No, that's true. And then switched yeah. off. They did it against France. They did it against, you know, the three games against South Africa. And the discipline's still fucking shocking. That's the other thing. It is yeah. bad. But, you know, the best teams can see the most penalties. Or, if you think about what... <laughs> <laughs> remember that one remember that 30 percent more penalties than other people yeah, yeah. Uh, the um but if you think about what have we got that we didn't have six months ago i suppose you got sinclair playing the way he's playing 
Yes. And Sinclair as a second receiver, magic hands is my favourite thing in rugby at the minute. Great. Um, in he, also between... has a, he also has a point, by the way. They are all fucking snitches. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a bit, it's a bit strong, but like, yeah. We're all like, how, what did Australia expect? As a, as a group of players, what did they expect? Grassing up two of their most senior players to the fucking coaches <laughs> was going to do for a general fucking bit of team cohesion. It's not great for chemistry when like everybody feels like at the first opportunity the rest of your fucking team and the leadership group, which contains a fucking honestly, would you like to know what the Australia like one of the players who's in the Australia leadership group? Um, Craig Lee, Gower. Lee, you're particular <laughs> from this current squad. Can you can you guess what? I'm guessing the... that it's a ridiculous group of players. So Curtly Beale must be in it. Uh, he's not in it. Oh, Ned... what was that, Rob? Sorry, Ned Hannigan. Uh, Ned Hannigan's not in it. There's one name that really stands out amongst this senior leadership group. I can't mm. think. Give it to us. Nick Phipps. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how did I not guess that? Yeah. No, you fucking wouldn't, for entirely correct reasons. Why is Nick Phipps on any list? or any? Positive? Why, is, why is Nick Phipps in this squad? Why is he alive? Why is he going on? Why isn't he like working as a barman somewhere? Because he keeps working. pissing on him. Yeah, exactly. That's very, that's very true. <laughs> so, yeah, it's uh, the leadership group is uh, Hooper and Pocock, obviously. Yeah. Uh, Nick Phipps, for reasons of... Absolute Jesus. fucking baffling. I can't see who the other ones are. That's disappointing. Yeah, presumably, I don't know. See, because I think Genia might be a little bit. You know, he's got silly hair now. Where on earth leader, has it? Will Genia put his pace? Where has Will Genia put any of his things? Did you see him get completely? And I know Elliot Daly's quick, right? But mm. the way he got gassed by Daly, just basically it running at shame. him, and then it wasn't even a sidestep. He just ran around him. It was, one of, those, it was one of those tries where I was genuinely disgusted. <laughs> I was just like, I couldn't take, as much as it was a lovely like offload from Farrell and a great yeah. line from Bailey. Yeah, lovely line, like, yeah. As it, as it was unfolding, I was disgusted. Because yeah. I was like, you can't, you can't, oh, for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was watching like four games at the same time. Uh, when oh, happened, you love those I, Saturdays, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's the best. Uh, and I sort of looked up because Russia made a break against Japan and they were leading at this point. Um at the same time that Daly made that break. Uh, and I was sort of looking between the two, and I just sort of saw him running again, and thought, oh, he's going to tackle him there. That's going to be fine. And then sort of glanced back over, and he'd scored. Like, and so would Russia. I didn't quite know what was happening. Like, I just assumed that was going to happen. And no, no, Daly He just ran to the left, and I don't know, just seemed to just yeah, be walking. Just... It was incredible. I say, I know Daly's quick, and I know that quick plays can make people look very slow, but that seemed very odd to me. But not that slow. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Um, <laughs> Do we want to talk about Farrell? Well, he should probably buy a lottery ticket this week, shouldn't he? <laughs> yeah. I'll like, tell you, he'll be into full-scale windpiping by March. Mm. This is the thing. If, some, if he doesn't get a fucking red card soon, and the stupid thing is it'll happen in some pointless fucking Saracens game, and then somebody at World Rugby will say, oh, well, the point has been made now. But he'll win pipe something. The ref will say yes, but your player does have a throat that's at a very good height <laughs> to be punched. To be fair, the, I mean, what did he say about Rodney? He put his shoulder every, down as well, or something. Your player hits uh, his shoulder as well. Yeah, it was one of the most ridiculous. I mean, 
people are rightly absolutely incredulous about this bollocks because it's very, you know, th- there's no tinfoil anymore. There's no conspiracy theories. It's just they really don't want to send people off yeah. in the autumn. They really don't want to send people off in test rugby anymore because people get annoyed about it. But it's just fucking stupid now. Like, it's not why the Australia fans are making a bit much of it because they still would have lost that game even if he'd been in the bin for 10 and minutes. Jack said that, didn't he? He said England yeah. were the best game, best played team, and he put us under pressure. But that decision is just... It's laughable. Yeah. It's absolutely laughable. Like, mm. how in, in any world that isn't a penalty try and a yellow card is absurd. But welcome to rugby in 2018 where absurd things happen all the time. And you'd have thought after the fallout of the previous Farrell tackle, the previous time he did exactly this, mm. they would have thought about it. It was like, oh, actually, this has caused a bigger uproar than it would have if we just gave him a penalty or just gave the yellow card. You know, and I, I have like over the course, and I've completely bought into your theory. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I was so I was half kidding. Yeah, you were. Yeah, to be fair, you were start. half kidding. Yeah. And then by yeah. the end of it, I'm like, no, it's absolutely fucking correct. Yeah, though, because there's no other logical explanation for it. <laughs> um, but still, now the autumn's over again, so they're going to start actually enforcing the rules again. Some I'm sure. poor bugger is going to accidentally trip over into a tackle and shoulder somebody on the ball. Yeah, and get, get banned. 15 weeks and <laughs> get banned until 2027 um right so we'll come on to more details about players later unless everybody else got something to say particularly mm. No. Mm. so england good autumn or shit autumn good i'd say yeah i've, I've written good i think i think yeah. there's enough players putting their hand up mm. uh there's there's enough in the 20 30 minutes they have been playing for to work on so I'd say it is a good autumn. If you take the second half of New Zealand and the entire game against Japan out of it, they've been pretty fucking good. Mm-hmm. Actually, in the first half against uh, actually yeah. the whole game against them. Just take half of what they've played. Don't break it down yeah. that much. Take the whole totality of what they've played, <laughs> yeah. slice about it down 50... the middle, and that'll do. Yeah, about 50% of it has been quite promising and quite good, I think. And that's, and enough, that's enough to build on. With, with <laughs> yeah. a, a year out from the World Cup, you'd want to be further ahead. But from where where they looked at the end of the Six Nations, it's, there's definite improvement. You know, feels like Eddie's got it back on track a little bit now because it did feel like they were spiralling into some comedy shit <laughs> at points during the summer. And it feels like at least the ship is kind of righted a little bit now and is a bit more... I, I trust England a bit better now, I think. Mm. They're facing in the right direction, even if they're not yeah. a destination yet. Yeah. yeah. Australia, shit autumn. Uh, yeah, shit yeah. autumn since 1948. They beat Italy, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, well, this is the, their, <laughs> lowest win, their lowest win percentage in a test year since 1948. So they've won four of nine. And they lost to they lost despite to Wales. magical voodoo, they lost to Wales. How yeah. bad must they be right now? Well, this is the thing. Honestly, like, I'm fucking... Like, watching them on Saturday, I was just thinking the same thing that I always think whenever I watch Australia play someone who isn't Wales, which is, I hope they're this fucking shit when we play them. <laughs> um, but, you know, if they're this bad in the World Cup next year mm. as a Wales fan fucking delighted because <laughs> that's going to be a pretty straightforward group i know fiji mm. and your group mate oh fucking oh, that was the great thing that's about fine that. they can they can come second 
<laughs> Do we want to talk about France versus Fiji? Uh, yeah, very good. Well, I think, to be honest, the only thing we need to say is what Bastero said uh, after the game. What did he say? In the, in the, in the huddle after the game, after uh, Fiji had pulled it off and they were under the post, he got his team in a circle and said, we're going to eat shit for this. <laughs> Which, I mean, I've I've got opinions on Matty Bastereau as we all have, but um, and that's that's the truest thing he's ever said as a captain or as anyone else. It was a wonderful. We're, gonna, wonderful we're going to result. eat shit for this. We're pathetic. Is the full quote. Which, yeah. Speaking yeah, of that though, exactly. there is no way, no way that Gail Ficou and Matthew Bastereau are the best centre partnership in French rugby. No, no. fucking way. They're like the Ringo star of French rugby. If Ringo played drums with wooden spoons and the drums were actually pigs he was slapping on the arse trying to get them to oink in time. That's basically how bad they are. Fiji had two tries disallowed, don't forget. Yeah, this could have been so much worse. You've seen, I, I took a photo of Guillaume Garrado's face after he'd been substituted. Did you see it? Oh, yeah. Bless him. He just says, that I've scored two just... fucking tries. I've been nothing yeah. but competent for four years, and this this, <laughs> this is what you is do what to you me. Pricks. He's, he's France's top scorer this year. He's their top try scorer this year. He's <laughs> now scored, as of Saturday, as many test tries as Johan Uge. And yet, like, here he is stuck in this team, bless him. Like, he clearly he wants to go all full, like, F, I, I, D, I. Yeah, there we are. The thing is, when he does it himself, it works very well. He's truly just magnificently uber-competent, Gerardo. <laughs> a truly competent, really good international player. I wonder yeah. just think with him playing in France, he's seen Sergio try and do it so many times that he just daren't try go too far himself. Like, I could... He's sort of play, he probably wants to be taking the conversions and dropping the goals. But just he knows, <laughs> Spiral knows clearance kicks, yeah. Honestly, though, yeah. you look at him in the, on that bench on Saturday night and you just got to think, he is overdrawn at the bank of fuck. <laughs> he, he no longer in any way cares that, you know, mm. it's like, uh, they're all gone. He He's the only one that cares. Nobody else does. Why should he bother? I fully expect him to start trying to kick the goals in the Six Nations because he might as well. Speaking of kicking goals, how could goals, it be worse? Have you said I've never known anybody who kicks a place kick as badly as Ben Volavola. Oh, Honestly, I it, it's one of the everything ugly about actions. it is awful. <laughs> yeah, how can somebody so handsome be so ugly when they try when they try to <laughs> kick a ball? It's the sort of kicking action that genuinely just makes you feel a bit like it's it's biomechanically everything is wrong. Mm. And yet he was oh no actually um, just on Ben Volvo's kicking there was a moment you know as he took his second kick with the first one having been a conversion between the posts mm. the commentator said can he keep up his hundred percent record? <laughs> and the answer is no no he can't it's Ben <laughs> no, no, he can't. <laughs> um, like, I think generally I'll subscribe to the sort of the shit good approach of, you know, everything being either shit or either good. But like, I want, I think it's worth sometimes introducing a third category of shit, good or Ben Vola Vola because he's just <laughs> like basically completely inexplicable because mm. I've always thought up until this point, like he's a good player, but I can't see a team ever winning a game with him playing. Um, well, I don't know, obviously they did 
win there. But like, even though he possibly had the game of his life, he still at one point forgot to catch the ball as has been passed back to him for a clearance. Yeah, that was amazing. It. I forgot about that. He was stuck <laughs> behind his own fucking try line and they spun the ball to him and he was like, I don't know, reading his phone or something. <laughs> oh, sorry, I was on Instagram, lads. We, we... Yeah. Well, he was just thinking about his Hollywood actress girlfriend, wasn't he? Oh, yeah. yeah. Who's that? Shailene somebody? Woodley. Shailene Woodley or I something? I don't, I don't know what she's in. He's a good-looking lad, so I'm assuming she... He's a good-looking lad. He's got a ridiculous haircut. You know, I'm sure it all goes very well. But he's... Um, I mean, the thing is, even though it was wonderful stuff, right, and that clip of them singing yes. at the end and that the emotion was amazing, and given that they've been together for about two weeks and are about, are about threepence a day, that's, yeah. you know, fair, fair play to them. Well, it, but honestly, it basically was them proving a point and basically saying, look, this is what we can do if we get a month together where we mm. can actually be a, a rugby team. Instead of getting pulled all over the fucking but world. Honestly, if France had even a modicum more rugby IQ than a boiled carrot, they could have won that game. Yeah. Just actually playing rugby the way it's sensibly meant to be played. They yeah. won well, the game. worst the worst thing you ever do against Fiji or any of these Pacific teams is basically to turn it into a game of sevens. And mm. almost immediately from the off, that was what France decided to do. Lopez, like, I tell you, Tran Duke's back in because Lopez is a yeah. fucking joke. I just <laughs> think that they they'd be better off genuinely just having a void at ten. <laughs> just just a, a, a just, yeah, just a, no, yeah, not that. They need to bring Dimitri Yashvili out of retirement. Just stick him in at ten again. <laughs> randomly. Stick fucking Dimitri. As a para play, did he para play ten under under Levermont for a while? Yeah, everyone like, everyone like, got to play ten. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. John Baptiste Elisard, anyone? <laughs> Astro. There's... Astro at 10. Actually, uh, honest, genuinely, is Bastro at 10 the worst idea? Yes. When yes. All, when all he... <laughs> don't need to kick it with him. Just give it to him. He's all, he's behind the back foot. Just run hard he's and fucking... let whoever's played 12 kick it. He is woeful. Yeah. yeah he's and shitting. he's not even that big. I know he's big. But if you look at the other players that were on the teams, he's not that doesn't, much bigger. You know, he's like the same size as Nicky Gonovar. Do you know what I mean? He's not like... He doesn't carry that weight well, does no, he? No, he doesn't really run his weight at all. But, um, oh, yeah, it's just... They were just... I mean, it was brilliant to watch. It was a great game. But, I mean, they're mm. just... It's just unforgivable, really, from a France point of view. Mm. Right, shit, shit autumn, good autumn. Good for Fiji, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> shit for and, France, uh, I suppose. Pretty shit for France. They lost to South Africa, didn't they, France? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's it's enough. not it's not and that kit. You know what I mean? It's 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 not a good oh, look, literally and figuratively. Honest, these performances are entirely what this that dog shit pound shop kit deserves. It's like the uh, Northampton nuclear yellow away strip. Don't even you brought it on yourself. <laughs> yeah. So that's France Fiji, right then? Where do you want, where do you want to go next? Should we go to Cardiff uh, next? Seeing as you were there, yeah. Josh. How was, was how was your day at the at the that stadium that whose name I refuse to use? It's very nice. Uh, we discovered uh, uh, a bar on the uh, top level concourse that sold uh, two pint mugs of uh, of lager beer, mm. and spent the rest of the day uh, getting asked by people in absolute wonderment and delight where they could also get one of those things because they only sell them at specific bars. But uh, yeah, that was probably my highlight of the game. Two really. pint. Wouldn't it, be, wouldn't it be very sort of warm and phlegmy by the time you got to the bottom of it? Depends how quickly you drink it, to That's be honest. True. That is very true. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's weird, isn't it? 
Come right. float in the warm, soothing waters of competence. <laughs> Take it all in. Isn't that relaxing? It's weird, isn't it? Like, we're pretty bloody good now. Yeah. I don't know how this happened. And it no. was actually refreshing to watch the Ospreys lose by 50 the night before because I'm not yeah. used to seeing the team I like better than the others do well. And yeah. I couldn't take it. Like, Balance I things out. It. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's it's weird because Wales. I know what like I spent most of the last probably five or six years really just going. What is this Wales team like? What are they trying to do? Yeah. What is their identity? And they've sort of they're not the most free flowing team in the world. They're certainly not the best team in the world. But they know. I know what Wales want to be and what they are again. And they sort of. It's back to being like they were in 2008 and 2012 again. It's like yeah. absolutely relentless on defence, but really quite clinical on attack. Uh, physicality and power to close out tight games. It's like it probably won't be enough to win a World Cup, but they can be there or thereabouts, and that's pretty yeah. fucking exciting, to be honest. I'm... In a really, re- in an incredibly understated way, where nobody's really getting carried away, which I also like. Yeah, and the fact they can slot in like maybe sort of 35 players into that team yeah. and it's to be equally effective. You know, almost like down. he knows what he's doing yeah. and always has. <laughs> and, ev- and, you know, we've every, you know, I've, I'll put my hand up and say, I've questioned what the fuck Gatlin has been doing at times over the last couple of years. And to be honest, when he was been off with the lions, I genuinely think the Wales have just drifted listlessly. Yeah. But as soon as he comes back, yeah. there's a fucking plan again. Yeah. And all of a sudden, we've got a squad of 30, 40 players that I am not worried about. Hmm. Like, we can have our standard pre-World Cup catastrophic injury fucking domino falling shenanigans, and I'll be all right with it this time, because there's probably three players that I'd be comfortable having at starting at full-back. There's three or four fly-halves. There's even a couple of decent props, you know? Yeah. Can you imagine going into a World Cup with three tight heads that I'm not worried about? No, no, I can't. No, I, I can't imagine. I don't know what that's going to be like. It's weird. Uh, I can't <laughs> wait for at least two of them to get injured. Yeah, centres are still a little thin, but other than that, it's a little sort of thin. But I still place. think we've got four. Yeah, we've got Hadley Parks and John Davis, and we've got Scott Williams and Owen Watkin, and I'm fine yeah. with that. I think Watkin needs more game time before the World Cup. I'm, I'm, I was disappointed uh, he didn't get more of a run out this autumn because I thought Hadley yeah. Parks was a bit shit, but I think he's probably. Gatland really wants Hadley Parks to play himself back into form, um, yeah. which I get. But yeah, like England, Ireland, England, and Scotland being like good and mm. probably attracting more attention than we do is also the best thing that can happen to <laughs> Wales because yeah. we hate, hate, hate anybody ex- like expecting anything of us and we deal with it terribly. So if we go into this World Cup with absolutely nobody fancying us, I'm at happy days. Like I, I'm fine with us having a shit Six Nations. <laughs> if it means we go in completely unfancied into the World Cup, because that's generally yeah. when we do quite well. Yeah, I mean, I'd still rather we did well in the Six Nations, but, yeah, but I no, I completely get what you mean though. Like, it feel I'd feel more comfortable if I I feel more comfortable. If I didn't feel like disarmingly confident, which I don't like being about Wales. You are no. so fucked. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I've said that out loud. I like. I don't think we're going to win anything. Mm. We're not going to win the Six Nations because Ireland exists. We're not going to win the World <laughs> Cup because Ireland and the All Blacks exist. Mm. But if nothing else, I feel like Wales are competent, and we're 
and we are fucking. I cannot believe horrible. you didn't reference England in your World Cup potential winners there. Well, you know, anything. <laughs> We've definitely happen shown enough this autumn to demonstrate anything can happen in the next twelve months. <laughs> <laughs> but we are fucking horrible to play against as well. Mm. This that's become abundantly clear this autumn. It doesn't matter what you particularly try to do. We are just one of those teams that if I was supporting another team, I'd think, oh, they're fucking horrible to play against, though. Because yeah. we're just annoying in all facets of the game. And we've got a bunch of horrible bastards now everywhere. And I'm delighted about that. Mm. That's kind of what I've always wanted from Wales. And like even the nice ones play like they're horrible bastards as well. Yeah. Like they don't need to actually be Moriarty. Yeah, yeah. Josh Adams, bit of a yeah. shithouse. Love it. <laughs> Big fan. Oh, one thing that I do want some clarification about, though. Yeah. What the fuck was going on with Dwayne Vermeulen and the headset? Yeah. That's one of the weirdest things Just... I've ever seen on a professional rugby field. Presumably like... was him getting messages from the coaches. That yeah. was being straight on to him. And we all know that this is what happens. Like a water boy yeah. comes on or, you know, a, a medic comes on or whatever with a fucking headset on and he's saying something to the captain or to one of the players. But for the player to actually pick the headset up off the yeah. medic and put it on. That's a bit much. I reckon that Walter Arano said, listen to this, this is an absolute banger. <laughs> <laughs> He's just getting his pizza order in for after the game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but weird. And like, obviously, like it's, a li- it's like, World Rugby probably now needs to go, actually, no, you're not allowed to listen to somebody else's fucking headset <laughs> either. Thank you very much. I do think there'll have to be a rule pretty quickly made about that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, this is going to get silly very quickly. So, yeah, um, so... South well, Africa, though. It's hard to know, isn't it? I think mm. they just need something more in attack because they offered fucking bugger all. Like, um, they never looked like scoring, really, aside from when they did. Yeah. <laughs> but weirdly, to say, like, he normally just... Plays like like a human Jenga tower. Like mm. Elton Yarnies was actually like good when he came on. Yeah, he was very competent. Sort of, it was that was yeah. weird as well. And he sort of got like them moving forward and them sort of playing phases far quicker. That's, like the forwards yeah. moving. That's how he, he gets, gets you. That's what he does. Yeah, he has a comp, very competent twenty minutes every now and again. Because he is a talented lad. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, weird. <laughs> but yeah, there's not there's almost nothing to talk about in that Wales game. Because it was so absolutely professional. Were you were you twelve nil up after about the same number 14, of minutes? Fourteen fourteen nil up after about ten minutes. And it was just like, well, that's basically it then. As soon as we scored like I knew that South Africa would And that's a come different thing, and... isn't it? There is a kind of we're yeah. probably all right now. You'd never have felt yeah. that twelve eighteen yeah. months ago, would you? There are very few teams that I look at you know, you give Wales a fourteen point head start against now and I'm gonna go, Yeah, we'd probably be all right with this. Yeah, and that was incredible. You know, that was ten minutes. So the 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 following seventy were kind of just a little bit like, okay, well, this like is undramatic. Last year, Wales went fourteen nil up early on against South Africa again, and they were I think, either behind or level by half time. Yeah, in that very Wales way. And now, you know, like yeah, South Africa came back within three, but they never really seemed like winning the game. No, and that was the thing. Even when it got close, I always kind of felt like we had a bit more to give. Yeah, and that's weird. It's all weird. <laughs> Don't like it. So <laughs> is it seven or eight games Wales have won on the bounce now? Nine. 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 Even better nine. than that. As long oh, as we're 
Longest win streak absurd. since when? Sorry, you broke up a bit there. No, it's either it is already or after the next game, it's the longest win streak since 1909. That was a hell of a team, the 1909 team. Yeah. <laughs> Genuinely, it was a hell of a team. Yes. Mm. That yeah. 1900s Welsh team is what went a long way to establishing the Welsh consciousness of an ind- as an independent nation. True fact. So, so Learn no more pressure. about that on your Patreon History Pod <laughs> episode about Wales. <laughs> no, no pressure then, boys. But uh, <laughs> if they... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so um, good autumn yeah. for Wales then to be reckoned yeah yeah South Africa well hang on so they beat I'm... we beat they lost to England beat, yeah beat France just about, they, they narrowly lost to England they beat France they beat Scotland and then they quite yeah. comprehensively lost to Wales I think it's a bit of a shit autumn for them yeah I, I think, think given, given the way the... they'd played against New Zealand twice exactly they yeah. would want to be coming up north and showing what Southern Hemisphere rugby is meant to be able to achieve. Yeah. It feel, like, I do feel like they're on an upward trajectory, and I yeah. sure as shit would not want them in my World Cup group. But it's they're obviously still a work in progress, and Razzie's got a fair bit to do there. The improvement line isn't always going upwards, is it? It can go no, down a bit. Gonna get as long as you've got line, a line of best fit going in the right direction in 12 months' time, that's really what yeah. everybody and I wants. Yeah, I think my gut feeling is that's where it's going, to be honest. But uh, yeah, we will see. Good year, shit autumn. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Scotland, Argentina. Oh, that is just, just shit in general. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't it you just know like... it? They finally, Scotland finally suggests, finally selects that completely batshit <laughs> midfield. Mm. And it all turns to shit. Yeah, yeah, and it turns into one of the the razzle dazzle midfield turns into just fucking boring. I mean, the conditions really. weren't great, to be fair. No, but it was one of the it was it was they had the pub I was in in Cardiff had that and the England game on on mm. sort of screens next to each other, and I don't think I looked at that the the screen with Scotland on it probably more than half mm. a dozen times throughout the eighty because yeah, nothing so- fucking happened. It was just like. It's weird, really, because Scotland are sort of doing this all backwards. Mm. Because we know we know how this goes with Scotland. In it, like Scotland's cycle is promising autumn, terrible crash yes. back down to Earth Six Nations. So what yeah. we've got here is sort of a a bit of a a moribund autumn where things they go backwards a little bit. Mm. So does that mean that they're going to win the Six Nations or something? Like. <laughs> Like they've had, you know, they've had encouraging moments. They battered Fiji, that was good, but they've not really, and they scored some lovely tries. But they do feel like they've regressed a little bit this autumn, and yeah. I wonder if they'll, you know, they've worked out the kinks now, and they'll come back and kick a bit of. They've got a good fixture spread in the Six Nations. They've got some good home games, mm-hmm. so yeah, I, I wonder how that's all gonna gonna thrash out. Argentina, on the other hand, you know what? I just generally endlessly, ultimately, right? And I've come to round this view the past few weeks, a genuinely just ultimately completely disappointing. Yeah. Pretty much all the time. Yeah. And it grieves me to say that, really, because I really enjoy them in moments. Me too. And Augustine Creevy around the park is. It's fun. If I ever got cancer and started a blog, I'd call it Creevy Around the Park because that's how I'd want my cancer battle to look like. Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? Not that I'm wishing that on myself. I do indeed. But, you know, because he is like, he's just an animal. But um, 
ultimately, I don't know what it is because they've got enough um, about them to be better mm. than this consistently. And they've they all got the players do. in the same country now pretty much. There's none of that sort of... I mean, they're knackered, they do a lot of air miles, but I imagine they've, they're used to that on one level. But I was going to say that that's increasingly less of a convincing excuse, isn't it? Yeah. But, yeah, there's just they just don't have any sort of plan, it feels like. They had that momentary bump when they sacked the coach after the uh, some of the uh, June tests. Mm. But they're right back down to being a bit fucking moribund now, aren't they? And I don't really know where they go from here. How do they get that? Unless, you know, this is just a plan. Because they always try to peak for World Cups. Mm. And from a conditioning and sort of cohesion point of view if they're they're in the place where they're you know then still building their sort of power loads and all that sort of stuff then maybe they're just sort of keeping their powder dry to an extent but yeah you're right it's disappointing isn't it like there's talk of them bringing back in european based players for the world cup so that'll make a difference if they've got a handful you know, bringing yeah. in Imo, a Cordero and a, so on. And like, much like, I kind of love Delgi. Like I've almost got like a, a borderline fetish for Argentine wingers. But <laughs> still, you know, being able to bring in those players will make a difference, I suppose, in just terms of cohesion. Just like the yeah. lines, like a Cordero runs is almost sort of Ashton-y. Um, so yeah, I, I'm sure there's more examples that I now can't remember. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. The, Marcelo Bosch and his feather mold. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, if he isn't busy being the only Argentine pundit in the country. Yeah, he gets plenty of work, doesn't he? We're always on the 10 o'clock slot as well, bless him. So, so good autumn, shit autumn. Argentina, shit autumn, I think, fairly certainly. Scotland. I'm going to say shit autumn because I think they would have expected more than what they got. I I think think they would have expected to beat one of Wales or South Africa along the way. Yeah, for probably. me, like Argentina and Fiji were a bit of a gimme, and they wanted a big scalp this autumn and they didn't get it. Yeah, I think shit autumn and largely on the balance of as you're saying, like they didn't get a scalp and then they very narrowly saw past Argentina in a game that was a massive pile of shit. So yeah, they won't. I like it made me understand how neutral felt watching Wales Australia. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's. Yeah, they won't be happy with it. Like, even if they are, they shouldn't be. I think it's shit as well because it's close, but let let me tell Mm. you why I Mm. think so. Um, They've still not solved or managed to consistently find whatever they imbibed before that Calcutta Cup Cup match. Yeah. Because that is how their forwards need to play. Yeah. Because if you remember before, and it was all about how England were going to smash them, and I said the same, you know, England were looking far more dominant up front at that point than Scotland. Scotland yeah. came out and fucking blew us away. And, it, you know, no complaints at all. And I don't know what they need to do to get back to that. But if they want to become what it is they can become, and I hope they do, because I've got a really mm. big soft spot for Scottish rugby, actually, um, that's probably what they, they have to do. Is it as simply as John Barkley will solve it? I don't I, think it is. I don't think it is. He's not big strong enough. It'll, it'll solve some of it because their breakdown is brilliant against England and it's not been... I think John Barkley is also another year older, mm. which I think I think they've got some actually really promising back row Scotland, but I still don't know if they've quite got that balance right. Yeah. And also Stuart Hogg is just utterly essential to them. Yeah. Like, for all of the talk of, of finding... King Horn looked all right. 
But without Hogg, it's a completely different Kinghorn in that back line. Also, like the, in you know, they don't win that game without Hogg coming. You know, they were struggling. They were all over the place. Argentina are robust on defence, and you know, very few players have the vision and awareness that he's got to spot that space and put Maitland in for that try, and it sealed the game. And yeah. you don't, they don't get that from any of their other players. And there are very few players like him on the planet who can do that sort of thing. And yeah, for all of the the talk of. And you can't replace him, to be fair, because like you said, there's very few players like him on the planet, let alone from the same country with one Absolutely. of the smaller bases, yeah. Scotland. But there is something about, you have to understand that and how do you deal with it. Mm. And what if an Exeter haircut ruins his powers? Ooh, what if he's wow. Yeah, and he... think on. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is a man who has, he has sported an unfortunate mulletly thing in the past, though. That's so true. he's he's already got form. Yeah. Be afraid. Anything else um, on the weekend we want to talk about? We're not going to bother talking about Ireland, USA, are we? No, I wasn't going to. Even even Irish people don't care yeah. about that, surely. I mean, aside from the fact that Andy Farrell decided that he was going to celebrate his new job by taking the week off, it seemed. Because <laughs> they just they just really did not seem bothered about defending against the USA. And, 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 and they didn't need to because the second string absolutely battered them. So who cares? And a, and, and a moment of silence, please, for Italy. Oh. Having to well, having to reap the full black whirlwind. Yeah, I was only going to go one way, wasn't it? When mm. you've got hookers doing crossfield kicks, you <laughs> things are going incredibly badly for you. This year, leaving certificate students have new choices via the CAO. Whether you're going straight into the world of work or exploring routes to third level, further education and training and apprenticeships offer you flexible, hands-on learning opportunities. The future is full of possibilities. Whatever your ambition, further education and training and apprenticeships can help take you there. Your future is what you make it. Learn more at cao.ie forward slash options. This is an initiative of the Government of Ireland. On Disney Plus, discover the shocking true story. Less than 1% of people get addicted to Oxycontin. Of how one company's greed triggered the worst drug epidemic in American history. The pharma company is lying about their medication. Addiction rates are on the rise because of this drug. A new and exclusive original series from the executive producer of The Handmaid's Tale. These people trusted me. Can't believe how many of them are dead now. Dope Sick, now streaming only on Disney Plus. 18 plus subscription required. T's and C's apply. Right then, that was the weekend. Yes. Shall we do the shit good ratings? Mm. Uh, yes, we should. What are we doing first? Good. Good? Ooh. Mm. Okay. Uh, good for me. Uh, speaking of Scottish back rowers, actually, uh, Jamie Ritchie. I really like what I've seen of him mm. over the autumn. Yeah, me too. He does, like, as a blindside... He does everything that Scotland kind of want a blind side to do. I'm just not convinced that they're pairing him with the right number eight and the right locks. That's because the right know. number eight is always David Denton. <laughs> well, obviously. But yeah, you know, he, line, uh, line out, carrying, tackling. It, he's mm. he, The breakdown, he's done really fucking well. And uh, yeah, they've, they've unearthed a bit of a gem there. Yeah. Any gods, Robbie? I mean, the, the Six Nations, I think, just in terms of being... You know, a few months away and you can scarcely call any game like we're in a position which England, Ireland, Wales could beat anyone Scotland, France could lose to anyone 
Italy are also there. It could be. It should be a really <laughs> sort of interesting Six Nations. Italy, Italy will lose to everyone. <laughs> um, yeah. What have I got? That's good. Um, Nakarawa's offload. Yeah. Oh. Liverpool offload. Beautiful. <laughs> My connection like cut out whilst I was watching that. No. Like, like, it, like as as he goes like offload the ball to him cutting out like the buffering happened, and I just like I didn't see it, and I assume there's no way he humanly could have got it there, and I must have skipped like five phases. It's in how the middle. quick his brain works, and it's it's yeah. why do not why do more players not get their hands through the tackle like he does? Because when you train at you know as shit as I was, when you play touch and stuff, that's what you do. You mm. do that to get your hands through the tackle and. Do all that kind of. Then, as soon as you start playing yeah. contact, I suppose the, the, the risk factor and the percentages and all that, everyone just immediately stops doing that, don't they? Whereas he's yeah. like, I know the fact that he's about nine foot tall helps. He's like, like fuck it, I'm gonna do it anyway. Certainly does help. And also, his arms have got like eighteen points of articulation. He's not like the two. He's like <laughs> yes. total blood hat. His gyroscopic <laughs> arms, yeah, endlessly. Yeah, he's like a, like a stretch Armstrong or some other toy from the nineties. <laughs> but um, and which other toy from the nineties? <laughs> <laughs> What's specialty there were those, here? Like yellow ones that stretched as well. I know exactly um, what you mean. Yeah. There was there was a Mister Fantastic version. Um, yes. Fetch Armstrong. Um, there, there was, was Fetch Armstrong, of course, his yes. dog. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, which seems like a name that they came up with before they came up with the toy. <laughs> um, in that same game, uh, Semi Andrada was unbelievable. Oh. Unbelievable. Bill. Just genuinely, this they—they've got too much skill. Not <laughs> for people that you. big, it's just not yeah. on. <laughs> it's not fair. And Nadola wasn't playing. No, got yeah. Semi Rajada, who is his first name, is inappropriate because he gives me a full-on erection. Um, yeah. He was very, very good. <laughs> very good. What um. And the thing is, it's easy to forget. People can say, well, you know, Rajada plays for Toulon and, you know, lots of big players in that team. Yeah, and Toulon. Fiji's hooker, <laughs> Fiji's hooker plays for Cornish Pirates and their scrum half that came off the bench plays for Doncaster. Yeah. <laughs> Doncaster. Yeah. And they still won that game. And quite a lot of these boys, like quite a lot of that squad play for the, the Drewer, the... Uh, National Rugby Championship team in Australia that you know play in the second tier of Australian rugby that nobody cares about. But you I know, that's, that's actually made, sorry, that's actually made a difference. In yeah, it's much made them a team because they won that competition, but yeah. played fucking brilliantly. And they're playing and it really shows rugby than they were playing like village rugby mm. in Fiji. So you got you know the, those players that haven't signed for the European team are now playing to an okay standard. Yeah, Imagine right. if they had some kind of pro rugby agreement where they went away for weekends to work on all this regularly. Mm. It would be fucking terrifying. <laughs> well, that's the thing, though. And but you look at them and you look at the ages of the squad as well and you think, these boys are all, like, they're pretty seasoned now. They're all between, like, 25 and 33. That's, like, they, they all, and they've all been playing professional rugby for a long time now. They all understand how it works. They're all professionals. It's kind of... This is their moment a little bit, isn't it? Where everything, everyone's about the right age. Nobody's too young. Nobody's too old. It's yeah. all kind of, it's there for them, I think. If they and could, Wales are in their group. 
Yeah, well, exactly. That's why, I mean, it's there for them. Talking it down already, I like it. Climbing down, <laughs> climbing down from your position of 10 minutes ago. I like it. <laughs> uh, what else we got that's good from Twitter? Natasha got in touch. Hello, Natasha. She said, good is Fiji winning in France. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And also good is the first half of Ireland versus USA. Didn't see it. She Probably. Said, she said shit was Scotland versus Argentina. Yes, we agree. Terrible game. Uh, David. Um, can I just say, yeah. from Scotland point of view, good. All autumn and indeed on the weekend. Craig Laidlaw. Yeah. Genuinely, a lot of us thought, right, he's gone to Claremont, that's the end of him. But Claremont, he's dramatically improved as a player at Claremont and now looks, you know, like he's got a, another couple of years of international rugby ahead of him, which I did not expect. I reckon he's got all. twice as much training time in because Parra just refuses to train. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. not fucking doing that shit, he says. You go and do it. I'll be I'm sitting down here <laughs> reading my <me> book. <laughs> What else have we got that's good then? David got in touch with Tweedy on Tweedyatrix on Twitter. He said good is the 2019 Six Nations should be an absolute humdinger. Yes, as you yeah, said as well. Yeah, it's going to be a belter, isn't it? Um, <laughs> Jamie O'Connell said that good was Ireland and Wales. This is very true, actually. Ireland and Wales focusing on slotting inexperienced players into their overall system and their proper mm. positions, Eddie, uh, <laughs> to increase depth one year out from the Rugby World Cup. It's true, actually. Yeah. yeah. Not been remarked upon that much, but that is actually very, very true. Yeah, there's been no stupid shit from, like, you know, Gareth Anscombe hasn't played fullback at any point. He's played fly-off all the time. because George North that's... hasn't played outside like, centre again. No. Seb Davis hasn't played number eight. Uh, oh, wait. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Worryingly, though, Seb Davis looks like a pretty decent fucking athlete to play number yeah, eight. Yeah. So, yeah. They're getting away with it. But... They are. Um, but, yeah, you look at, you know, players like Aaron Wainwright coming in and just playing blindside and looking impressive every time he comes on. It's It's... It's borderline smart. Yeah. Any more goods, anybody? Um, uh, we've spoken about Sinclair, just bastard mm. and beast in one. Um, in a sort of incredibly underwhelming South African backline, I always enjoy Cheslin Colby. Yeah. He beat 12 defenders on his own against <laughs> Wales, which is a bit comical, really, um, and still didn't manage to get anywhere. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that. They 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 need to rely a bit less on him doing the Shane Williams thing, I think, mm. and actually have a plan. I know it's radical, but yeah. Lots of people on Twitter, and I will also say that Joe <coughs> fucking a singer, which I think is the correct way to say it. Yes, was ridiculous. Big old lads. Do you remember about four weeks ago when I was saying, I'm not convinced by him, just because he's big. Yeah. Why are people rushing him into England squads? What's fucking... Seriously, he's just a unit, blah, blah, blah. Well, I'm here to tell you, yeah. I'm wrong. Yeah. He makes it he's look very easy. Incredibly so. I mean, and, and I, I'm always... We've danced this dance before with many big lads mm. uh, who've made Test Rugby look very easy for a couple of months and then... People have worked them out a little bit, but I think if he continues to learn at the way that at the space, at the pace that he's learning, and adapt to the game at the way that he's adapting, uh, yeah, he's going to be pretty fucking hot piss, isn't he? I'll tell you what was good actually: the fact that he's played these two games for England, and no one has once in commentary used the word "lomu." I mean, give him to the, if he scores in the Six Nations, that word will be yeah. all over the place. But so far, he's scored two tries, and no one's compared. It's like someday we're going to have a small Welsh winger who isn't going to be compared to Shane. I'm just waiting for those to happen. Never going to happen. 
<laughs> Owen Glendurgoy <laughs> touched on Twitter and he said it's IGTE. And he Are said, we comparing him to Shane Williams as well? Yeah, well, he said <laughs> he said a good is, depending on your point of view, Kingsley Jones did an interview on Scrum 5 after the Canada win on a really bad Skype connection. Amazing. <laughs> he's got as a lot of contacts, don't you want. know, and yeah. he's got a new photocopier. <laughs> Do you know what? Depressingly, I was looking at potentially sourcing a, a new printer scanner hybrid for my office the other day. And Did you go to first, Clarity Copies? The first thing I thought of was, well, there's Clarity Copies, isn't there? Oh, fuck it. See, they've done the job. We've done, done their the job, job for worked. It worked. It's all the more shame that they're not sponsoring the Ospreys anymore because clearly it was incredibly effective advertising. In that it, and it compelled one person two years later to think and then ultimately disregard potentially using one of their copies. Uh, lots of people again putting forward good was Alan Wynne Jones's face when he was holding the cup on the very, team. Very, very fucking good face. <laughs> Four wins in a row looks absolutely fuming. Well, not even fuming. He just looks like pissed off. <laughs> yeah. I th- don't know in. what that face is aside it's, from just it's like weird. Like when you buy a prepackaged sandwich and it's still a bit frozen, you know, like the <laughs> yeah. really having like probably. Or every time you eat a prepackaged sandwich, that's the kind of face <laughs> you pull, isn't it? Like, oh, this is a bit yeah. fucking. You know what I mean? <laughs> and he was genuinely fucking in, like, is he getting better? He shall not grow old, nor weary. age will not weary him. <laughs> no, it's like the more the more like clinging on for dear life his hairline becomes <laughs> the better everything else gets i mean i can't wait until he has a full-on comb over because he'll probably be like you know gareth edwards in a six foot five body at that point <laughs> oh i mean imagine what it is to me i mean, I mean yeah i mean emotion- emotionally that's what it is to me i just holding up my alan win jones grog that i keep on my desk at all times people and just, actually like, buy keep- grogs then I I bought an Alan Wynn one because I needed something to pray to. <laughs> you needed a totem. <laughs> right. Any more good before we move on to the Shiite? Nah, get the shite on. Uh, was... I had Gerardo. Um, yes. I had, oh, everything about Gareth Davis that doesn't involve thinking. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and also, just entirely for the sake of it not our performance or anything happened this weekend just tom haberfield because i kind of love him and i just want to mention that in passing um uh, given the chance what makes you love so, him tom, i just like him i don't know um sometimes you can't I, explain I, it can I, you i appear just thinking that he's the best scrum off in wales and because i had that opinion for a month i've like clung to it more and more feverishly as time's gone on because i refuse to accept that i'm wrong um i knew there's a reason so, i like I you. Mean, there's a there's a certain level of of evidence building up here that you you may uh, find yourself drowning in eventually. But yeah, <laughs> cling on to it. Hey, the dragons won, by the way. That's good, isn't no. it? No. Yeah, with Bernard Jackman banned from the stadium, so he <laughs> he wasn't there, which means that one fifth of the games the dragons have won under him, he hasn't been in the stadium for. That's amazing. He's not. Bernard. I mean, I like Bernard Jackman. Seems like a nice just, fella, genuinely. He seems really nice. I don't see this ending well. <laughs> at all. What like else? Game. So what have we got that's shit, then? Uh, I mean, Scotland Argentina goes without saying. Yes, um, yeah. Scott Barrett, because uh, he's now the only Barrett brother to have gone the whole year without scoring four tries in a test match. 
which is, <laughs> is lazy. Uh, yeah. You just and wait till the sun, next Sunday dinner back at the farm. Exactly. Their Christmas is going to be like even more awkward than Audi was having to have Kane and his no all blacks caps there. What have I got to ship? Back to the Fiji match. The premier sports commentator for France mm-hmm. versus Fiji thought every yeah. single Fijian was semi Redrada. <laughs> Honest to God, every time somebody got the boy, but that's Redrada, it really isn't. Yeah, I mean, it's not the first time that Premier Sports have had a little bit of an, an, a player identification issue in their brief sojourns into rugby, but uh, yeah. yeah. Maybe um, they should pay attention to the, the same specs advert that they play every single ad break. <laughs> yeah, made by like, it's just horrible. The worst uh, thing about Premier Sports by far is mm. how bad the adverts are, particularly the Scarlet's Please Buy Tickets adverts, <laughs> which are where they can't even get footage of their own players scoring tries in anything above 640 by 480 resolution. <laughs> so it looks like watching YouTube in you know 2006. <laughs> just I, stop that the Dragons game the other week where they lost by like 50 to Connor um, they played I think six times an advert for how great the Dragons are I'm getting <laughs> evidence otherwise there's yeah. a, a very clear <laughs> I forgot to mention the a good bit um, Mark Wilson mainly because I just want to mm-hmm. remind everybody that I said before all this started that I love Mark Wilson and now I've been proved right Yeah, genuinely really good like a different kind of eight for England but just works his fucking balls off yeah, and not to be yeah. for that. I'm all for yeah. Underhill and him plus another works perfectly fine for me I think it's a, if they could get us I honestly don't see why they don't given the work that Wilson and Underhill put in why they don't try you know trying somebody a bit more athletic in the six mm. jersey somebody who's a bit quicker a bit, Tom you know. Croft <laughs> well yeah <laughs> Well, you know, Zach Mercer could go there. Mm. He's got he's got the athleticism for it and the pace. Well, Cockatiel. Oh yes, <laughs> yes. Well, all why in. Not? Why, why not? not? <laughs> Manu, he's a, as long as you get him in the team, Manu should be playing anywhere. <laughs> apparently, what else have we got? The shit here. Michael Dungate got in touch. He said shit was Adam Hastings' hair because it makes you want to slap him. <laughs> it's quite an extreme That's, response, but all right. He's a, you know, confusing, as we discussed on this podcast at length, Adam Hastings' is attractiveness is a confusing and and yes. sort of elusive concept. So, uh, yeah. What have you got to uh, shit, Josh? Uh, I'm just going to... I could list all of the Australia players, but I'm just going to say <laughs> Will Genya, for one, mm. and not just for the haircut, which... And we've gone increasing, his, his which is increasing defence, yeah. Yeah, well, it's increasingly that haircut is is trying to compensate for, you know, with height for how long it's taking him to wash his face every day. You know, <laughs> it's it's. But also, Sammy Karevi missed as many tackles as he made, uh, centre, which is glorious. And, and to cap it all off, uh, I'm going to say Israel Falau because mm. he scored a fucking cracking try. But that after that, it was literally like he just went, "Oh fuck it, I've done it then, done my bit. I'm just going to go and cruise." Like it, too often with him, he does something amazing and then he just switches off for the rest of the game, like he thinks his work here is done. 
And if he actually tried for 80 minutes, Australia would win a lot more games. He's distracted by all the really hot men around him. <laughs> that is problematic. I mean, That's why he's so pacey. Somebody's told him there's, there's the gay behind him. He's himself. He's running well, a gay away. person. No, just all the gay. All the yeah. gays behind you, Israel. That's just the run. problem. It's, 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 a, it's a trick that only works once a game. So <laughs> yes. after that, he's like... Oh, ah, you well. bastards, yeah. <laughs> no, it's just it's a metaphor for his life, running away from who he truly is as fast as he can all the time. It's close to itself. Reese not going to it. He said, I thought George North was shit on Saturday. Yeah, he, well... He kept trying that tap-down thing, no matter how many times it's landed in the hands of South African players. It did, it did work at least twice. Yeah. And, I, you know, I've... George started the autumn really well, mm. sort of didn't really light it up too much against South Africa. But then, to be honest with you, it wasn't that kind of game. He no. tackled well. He chased well. I don't know what you really want from him in that sort of circumstance. South Africa are a very fucking hard team to score tries against. And he got that turnover at the end. He did get that turnover at the end. Uh, he'd grown an incredibly unimpressive moustache by the end of November. <laughs> what more do you want, honestly? Yeah, Reese. <laughs> i tell you what, though. I will say, shit, uh, I really like Gareth Anscombe. He did mm. some very good things. But fucking find touch, sunshine. Mm. Doing it once is bad enough. Then to sort of go, ah, fuck it, I'm going to back myself and then do it again is nacht gut. Uh, just and then Dan Bigger comes on and just goes, "I'm just going to make this really short and blast and blast it into the fucking nineteenth row." And that's kind of what you want in that situation in the game. Not that I'm advocating for Dan Bigger to start over Gareth Anscombe before anybody fucking starts. Hundred oh, percent. Like, have a go with Twitter, or you like Bigger. No, I'm, I'm one of those. <laughs> I'm I'm a hundred percent not going there again. No, probably not. <laughs> Chris Chris C M Mulch got in touch on Twitter and he said, "Shit is England's new wanky halftime huddle." I've missed this. I think it's because as soon as halftime blows, I've got no interest in what anybody has to say. So <laughs> I just go out I'm and do something else and I'm come back. I'm watching something else or going for a piss. Yeah. I'm yeah. off for a ten minute shit. Yeah. yeah, it's a short one. Fair play. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> the foot in touch gets in touch. He said, "Shit was Brody Retallick's try winning try of the year." Decent, but the other options were all better. <laughs> Is it a sympathy award for the All Blacks? Do you know what, uh, Mr. Foot in Touch? Thank you for getting in touch, by the way. I mean, really, I find myself... Who gives a shit about awards? Yeah. Let me tell you let me tell you all you need to know about awards, right? Do you know how many fucking Brits Robbie Bastard Williams has won? <laughs> That's all you need to know about fucking awards and whether or not you yeah. should be listening to them. I yeah, find that whole listen. World Rugby Award... And it's not just because I don't get invited. I find that whole... <laughs> And it really all that yeah. whole world rugby. We don't, we don't get we don't get invited to a nice little jolly in Monaco, in Monaco, which of course is a massive rugby town, as we all know. Uh, but no, I mean fair play to people who go, but I just I just don't get it. Yes, uh, I don't really get it. You know, you only got to look at the most successful Brit award-winning acts to have no faith in <laughs> in. And the father, Robbie Ad- Williams, Robbie Williams, Adele, Coldplay, take that, and Annie Lennox. Uh, and Harry Styles are the... Uh... Annie Lennox won Best Female every year from 1971 till last year, I think. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, what else have we got honestly. this shit? Um, Taylor Petty, who... Oh, yes, I, the DHP. Yeah, the handful. I mean, I'm normally a big Who's fan of... Who's down with DHP? Facts. Not me. <laughs> <laughs> We're going DHP. Yeah, you know me. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm normally all for Australian Chelsea backs with double barrel surnames, but like he was, and I've I've written this down. Uh, I don't know if you're ready for this. Uh, Go. Dane Petty was more shit stain than Great Dane. Um, it wasn't <laughs> written down, um, but I thought I've written that, so I'll say it out loud, and now I regret it. He <laughs> um, was responsible for one of my favourite moments of the match, though, when Okunasega mm. scored his second try. <laughs> Or didn't score his second try. Didn't Could have scored yeah. his second try. Should have. Absolutely. But was basically, if he had just moved slightly to the left and gone for the corner, but instead he saw Hale Petty and thought, you're Fuck fucking it. having it. <laughs> and ran straight into him. I thought, that is brilliant. Nelson Munt style uh, rugby. I like it. <laughs> uh, what else oh, have we got yeah. in his shit on Twitter? Dylan Williams said, the nonsensical whooping and cheering of Kyle Sinclair and Rob Evans in their respective matches at the weekend. However, he said, I am looking forward to the first scrum when they face each other in the Six Nations. That should be fun. I'm fine with a bit of whooping and hollering, to be honest. It's clapping. I can't abide. <laughs> uh, Bailey and Aurora got in touch and said, shit, was Edinburgh losing to the Dragons? And I've got no idea how we did that. <laughs> well, we've already said, because Bernard wasn't in the stadium. Mm-hmm. Jimmy B gets in touch and said, shit, was Farrell, who has less arms than a bar stool. <laughs> Bradley Beal gets in touch, no relation, I'm guessing, and said, uh, shit was Elliot Daly, but also good was Elliot Daly. I see what you're saying there. Mm. Yeah. In some parts of his game, wonderful. In other, I don't think he's a fullback. Mm. I, I think fullback's think a little like bit too specialist to be playing 13 every week. Yeah. And then just expect to play at the highest level at fullback. He's really talented, but I think he's asking a bit too much, really. Well, I think it's a bit. He was kind of Eddie Jones was kind of on to something when he made him an international winger. Yeah, and he scored loads of tries from there and looked really good. And he's clever and enough to know his angles and when to come in and stuff. That's the other thing, isn't it? Yeah. Whereas now it's just like he doesn't seem to really know what he's doing. He's not that good under the high ball, and he's not exactly a, an absolute sure bet defensively either. No. I just don't know why he's fucked with that. But yeah, I guess that's why I'm not the international coach. <laughs> Do we have any more shit? Uh, no. Eddie's amazing, uh, though, isn't he? Because he's basically... He spent ages convincing everybody Dylan Hartley's probably the best starting hooker, and then the week after, immediately drops him to the bench. Yeah. <laughs> he says, it's yeah. all, honestly, it's all down to a plan. Anyway, any more shit, Robbie? No, that's me. That's Josh. Everything I've got. No, I'm done. We had loads on Twitter this week. I'm sorry we didn't get around to it, but I, uh, I kind of posted it, and then it was mega busy, so I couldn't pick up as many as I would like to. So... Apologies if you did submit something and I didn't pick it up. It was, I'm sure it was wonderful. Um, that is probably about us for yeah. this week. I'd um, say. An hour and a half. Correct prediction, Robbie, that it would be more than an hour. Um, <laughs> Went without saying, really, didn't it? That's the end of the Autumn Internationals. Yeah. We go back to domestic rugby next week. And then the week after that, we it's Euro weekend. And we've got mm. uh, Lord Michael of Bubbins back on. Oh, it's a pleasure. And uh, and then we're into, I don't know, it'll be fucking Christmas then. I don't know. Don't forget, later on this week, if you are a patron, you get the patron Q&A episode, which is being recorded. Well, you'll you listen to this Tuesday morning, probably. It's going to be available probably Thursday. Thank you very much. Yeah. Robbie, it's been a pleasure. Thank Indeed. you for having me. It's been surreal seeing your faces <laughs> and being able to respond in actuality. Rather than shouting in the car or whatever. Well, you don't have a car, do you? Yeah, <laughs> Josh, it's been, it's been the same as it always has been. So yeah, yeah, pretty standard, to Speak be to you all soon. Thank you very much for listening. Goodbye. See ya. Bye. Oh no, is it everywhere? 
No, sure, stay and sort that out. We can have dinner another time. Amazing. Whether it's cancelled plans... Ah, need to get in the kitchen and calm down. ...or the need for a quick, convenient distraction. Introducing Goodfellas Mini Pizzas. Four mini pizzas made with respect that cook in 11 minutes. Goodfellas Minis. Embrace the unexpected. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.